Good morning. Morning. Amen. Good to see everybody here this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Good to be in the house of the Lord again. Good to see all you good folks in here. Hallelujah. So we'll just go to the Lord in prayer this morning. God knows our needs. Uh, all musicians and singers might as well come on up. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity. Thank you for this day that you have blessed us with, O Lord. Especially, Father, for the honor of those coming to your presence. Lord, into this place, O God, into your house, O Lord. Father, we amen stand before you, God, and you know every heart, you know every need. God, every family, every individual, Lord, we come before you and be amen, Lord. We lift up, amen, our burdens unto you, God. We ask you, Lord, to minister unto us, Lord, help us that we can look to you. That our faith, O oh God, can be in you, O oh Lord. And I pray that you would have your way in this place, O oh God. Minister unto us, O oh Lord. Open up our ears that we may hear, Lord, and our eyes that we may see. Lord, in our hearts that we can be converted unto you. Quicken your word in us, O oh Lord, and let your word accomplish what you send it for to do. Lord. We thank you, God, for the salvation you have given to us. Lord, in your presence, O oh God, bind us together that we can be of one mind and of one spirit, one accord in this place. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth, O oh Lord. Amen, Lord, in Jesus' name.
you, Lord, for the sunshine today you've given us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come into your house of praise and worship, mighty God. We ask that you be with us today, Lord. Bless this offer we're about to receive. Bless the ones who give, the ones who cannot give, mighty God. Be with us, Lord, throughout this mighty day. This I ask in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody's waiting. Monitors. I'm pretty sure all these young, young children want to go on and get into their classes and learn as much as they can about Jesus. They look so excited and full of expectation. Amen. So you're dismissed to go to your classes. Amen. Walk. I used to really uh, give my kids a hard time when they were in school learning. They would, they would uh, give me a report on report cards because we knew that the report cards were already. And they would say, I got a. I got an A. I said, really? Yeah, I got an A. Shame on you. Shame on me. Yes, that means awful. And then when they say, well, I got an F. I got one F this time. I said, well, that's good. That's fantastic. So there was always something that they, and I always kept them going as far as their wits were concerned. That was something. Just certain things I would do with them just to keep them, keep their minds going, stimulated. That's what we need to do. Yeah. Keep our minds stimulated. And it's good to get them stimulated in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we could ever come to that place of understanding. And it's not too difficult. And uh, all we need is real fear of the Lord. Then we will receive understanding. Well, let me see here. I was saying last week I, I wanted to uh, present something to you. And, and of course that got interrupted last week. So I, this week I feel like uh, I need to do this. So I'm going to do it this morning. So if you would turn with me. In your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 10. And uh, I, I really didn't know what I, I wanted to entitle this. I don't really put a lot of titles to my messages or whatever, but a lot of people do. I just give you a scripture verse and that's probably about it. But if you could put it together after that, that you're doing pretty good. <laughs> the main thought, but uh, this, uh, this I, I was thinking about this, and um, the only way I could, the only way uh, that I could, uh, I guess, probably make some sense out of what I want to share with you this morning, and, and the thought came to me, finding your life. Wow. Finding your life, or finding your way. And one thing I'm amazed at the Word of God, how it helps us to see where we are. Mm -hmm. And uh, gives us a really good idea of where we are located. And uh, I think about, uh, think about that and how the Word of God is, 
just uh, amazing to me. Uh, so in Jeremiah chapter 10, in verse number 23, you are there. It says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. Mm. Does everybody see that? I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. That's interesting, isn't it? That's interesting. As we come to a, a, an understanding, a realization, when we come to the Lord, when we come into, when we walk into His light, we're able to see. We're able to see our worlds more clearly. And uh, get a really good look at where we are. Yeah. So, when we take a look at what Jeremiah is saying here, uh, two words that I believe that are significant in that passage of Scripture, mm -hmm. the word way, W-A-Y, way. Well, Lord, I know that the way of man, and uh, the Greek, uh, the Hebrew word there in that particular Scripture verse that is used for the word way is uh, derek, and it means a road Trodden. In other words, the way we, the road that we walk on. A road trodden. A course of life. So it's, it's, it's where we walk and it's the course we take in life. So obviously if we want to apply that to what uh, Jeremiah is saying here, uh, the road that we <coughs> trodden on, the way that we go, uh, obviously... We don't know where we're going. And uh, I always remember this. This was uh, the year that we, our country celebrated the bicentennial. Does anybody remember what year that was? 1976. I was living in uh, Corvallis, Oregon at the time. Myself and my brother-in-law and uh, another friend of ours, a younger, uh, younger, uh, younger gentleman. Actually, he was probably about a year or two younger than we were. He was from New York, and uh, he had a really strong New York accent, and uh, really strong. And uh, his uncle, his name was Bill. Bill Hill was his name. We decided to go uh, whitewater rafting, and I can't remember the name of the river, but it runs down. Uh, right west of, uh, east of, of Eugene, Oregon. If any of you know where Eugene, Oregon is, you come down, of course, the, 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 the waters, the source of it coming down, it comes off of the Columbian River, but it goes all the way down through Oregon, goes by Corvallis, Oregon, and it goes south and it goes into, uh, kind of veers off a little bit, goes into Klamath, Oregon, and it goes south into California. But 
That water is treacherous water. Mm. And how, how many of you have ever been white water rafting? White, you know what I mean when I say white water rafting? I mean, it's not, you're not just going down and you're just floating downstream, you're having a good old time. It's nothing like that. Right? Let me tell you something, it's nothing like that. Well, anyway, Bill, Mr. Hill said, when you get to a certain point, and there was a bridge, and I can't remember the name of that bridge. When you get to that bridge, after that bridge, he said, you're going to hit a Y. He said, make sure you go to the left. Do not go to the right. Because that was the way that, you know, the, the, the waters in that particular, going that route were really rough. So he said, make sure when you pass that bridge, you take a left on that Y. And we said, okay, we will. Guess what happened when we past that bridge and, and for, for, for other reasons we weren't aware of where we were at because we were doing something else while we were in that raft we had our cooler full of you know you know what I'm talking about we were having a good old time and we were going down that river and we passed under that bridge and we didn't realize we were wondering why, why people were when we went past it and we were heading toward that right side people were going like this and we were just weren't paying attention. And guess what we did? We didn't take the left. We took the right. And when we took that right, guess what? We went down and, man, I tell you what, we hit some pretty rough waters. I mean, we went down one and I don't know how we were able to survive that, but we went down and went underneath water, came back up, hanging on to the raft. And somehow we managed to keep our cooler in the, in the raft. <laughs> That's how, that's how much we thought about our, you know. Wow. We could lose everything else, but don't lose that cooler. Some of you have been there, haven't you? Amen. Well, anyway, this younger gentleman, it, it was something because it was getting dark, and we got through the rough area of that, of that river. We got through it. We survived it. And it was getting dark, and the sun was coming down. And, you know, Oregon, there's, there's mountains and stuff, so... You know, the sunlight's kind of uh, basically, you know, it, it, you know, down in the valleys, it, it, there's not very much light. And he was saying, where do you think we are? And we said, we don't know. <laughs> they, we couldn't see no houses or anything. We were just going down the river. We traveled for several hours. He said, he began to panic. He said, you mean you're lost? we're lost? And we said, yes, we are. He said, how can that be? Now listen to this next statement he made. He said, you're Indians. You're not supposed to get lost. I guess we're supposed to have an innate ability to know which direction we're going. But if I want to, if I want to clear myself, my, my compass was off that day yeah. because, of, uh, for, because of various reasons. And I wasn't really, you know, I was so lost in my sin, I wasn't worried about being Come lost on, on the river. Yep. But we found a place, drug our raft up on the shore, and, and the people there, uh, of course, we were all wet and stuff, and, and they gave us some clothes, and we called the, we didn't know we had all kinds of park rangers and sheriff's deputies looking for us. And he, and he had the guy says, hey, are you guys, are you the guys we're talking about on the news? <laughs> wow. Yes, that's us. <laughs> Three people lost in the river. 
So we called and they came after us and took us to the hospital, made sure we were all right and everything. But uh, that was our experience of being lost. Wow. Okay. So we, so we see, oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Now, the word uh, direct, and I can't pronounce that Hebrew word, it's K-U-W-N. And, and, and the pronunciation said, Koo, Koo, K-O-O, Koo. It means to set up in a great variety of applications. So in other words, no matter what we do, if, if, if it's not in us to, to be able to set ourselves up, no matter what we do, in a great variety of applications, that means every area of our life. It's not our ability, our, we don't have the ability to be able to direct ourselves, to steer ourselves in the right direction. Huh? Yes, we, uh, and I know when I, when I was thinking about this, a lot of things come into play in our minds. Reason. Yeah. Huh? We always try to reason things out in our lives, don't we? We always try to figure them out. We always try to somehow, you know, just develop a, a, a sense of uh, security and direction for ourselves, saying that I know this is the best thing for me. I need to do this. But we still don't have that ability, regardless. We don't have that ability to do that. And you, you go over there into the book of Psalms and in and, and chapter 39 verse number 5 there's an interesting uh, piece of scripture here and, and it says this in the book of Psalms 39 chapter, five, uh, chapter 39 verse 5 uh, this is what it says. So, when we're basically at our best, <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> look what it says in, in, chapter, in chapter 39, verse number 5. Behold, thou hast made my days as an hand breadth, and mine age as nothing before thee. Then he says, verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Man at his best state is altogether vanity. And, and what that means, at his best state, that Hebrew word, uh, best state is, is natsa. Natsa means wherever you are, your station, your place, your environment. Where you're living. Man at his best state. So wherever we are, wherever we are in life, now, now, now I'm, I'm talking, and I could be talking maybe to some of you, I don't know. But I'm talking about when we're in that place, and I'm, I'm talking about people that do not know God. 
Can any of you ever recollect a time when you had no knowledge of God? And everything we were doing in our life to try to get, our, get ourselves situated and get through life, guess what? Even in the times when we thought we were doing well, we were doing okay. Even at that state, even at that station in our life, he said, he said that uh, uh, is altogether vanity. So even there, we see that at our best state, it was altogether vanity. That word vanity, hebel, something transitory, something transitory. Something, uh, listen to this. This is, this is interesting. Something that is unsatisfying. So in other words, in our movement, as we were going on in life, in our movement, wherever we were, that station, because it seems, it seems like every time uh, we were doing things, we were always on the move. Is that right? And everything, that, everything how many of you can relate to this? You, you tried your best to improve your life. But all your efforts brought you what? Disappointment. You weren't satisfied, were you? You weren't content. Why? Because you didn't know, you didn't know exactly what to do or where to go. Huh? You did not have that insight in life. There are some things, and, and we'll talk about that in a little while here. There are some things that are there that, are, that keep us at bay. That keep us in the state of being lost. Okay? So, so as a result of what we're reading here, basically, we were lost, weren't we? Now, here's something interesting. Uh, uh, this is interesting. To understand what we consist of and our life consists of. I want, I want everybody to pay close attention this morning because this is, this is something that the scripture talks about when God intervenes in our lives and he comes into our lives and, and he reveals himself to us. There's a process there are steps that are taken. And when we come into that place in our lives, when we do that, what happens is our lives, because of that, because of his intervention into our lives, our steps are redirected. The direction we were going is redirected. I want you to understand that. But it all hinges on this. It all hinges on you. Okay? I, I want you to understand something about yourself this morning. Because our life consists of this. A lot of times we never tend to think about the spiritual side of our life. Amen. 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 That's the truth. We never think about that. We never think that we have a spiritual life that never comes to our mind. We're, we're engaged in our physical life, our carnal life. 
We're engaged in that. We're pursuing it. We're, 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 you know, because of our, you know, God is amazing the way he created us. He created us. We're, we're very, this is a, this is a work of, this is a miracle that God created us in, in the way that he, he created us, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. All right. And, and, and as I told you so many times before, the, the you know, he, the minute we were conceived in, in, in our mother's womb, life began. Because of that spirit that entered in at that time, life began. But when life began, guess what God did? He created a soul. A soul is the five senses that we have. Our uh, taste, touch, see, smell, hear, all this. Governed by our mind. That's the soul. And so, so we live in that environment. We live in that realm. If we don't know God, that's the realm we live in. We don't live in the spiritual side. We live in the carnal side, the physical side. So we pursue because of our uh, lust and our appetites of, of, of our carnal nature, the natural man. Paul calls call it the natural man. We pursue those interests. And that's what we follow. But because, because we follow that, guess what happens? We're lost. Does everybody understand that? So we're never really uh, connected or we're never walking you know, in our spiritual, the spiritual life that obviously we have, okay? This is what I'm talking about here. So if we're lost, here's, here, here's, listen to this. Everybody ready for this now? I may charge you for this. Because this is valuable information. So when we're lost spiritually, is everybody ready for this? When we're lost spiritually, when we don't have no connection with God, because of our situation when we're lost spiritually, we're going to be lost morally. Huh? Does that make sense? We're going to be lost morally. And then, because we're lost morally, we're going to be lost, get this, we're going to be lost geographically. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow. You don't think what you do in the decisions you make, what you think about, what, you, what, what your life consists of, if you're not in that place with God, guess what? Sure, you're going to be lost morally, and sure, you're going to be lost geographically. Wow. You're going to be in the wrong place. Yes. You're going to be heading the wrong wow. direction. You know what I'm, I'm amazed of? At, in, in 1979, my wife and I were trying to somehow uh, straighten up our lives and, and get our lives right. And we thought education was the answer. We moved down to Denver. We moved from White River, South Dakota, off of the Rosewood Reservation, where we were engulfed with... Uh, all kinds of sin. We were, you know, I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. Besides other things, we were trying to make life better. So we came up with this plan. Hey, let's get off the rest. Let's move to Denver, Colorado. Let's go to school. Let's get education. Let's get. Let's make our life better. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Listen to this. Even though we changed geographical locations, when we got to Denver, guess what? Our life was still the same. Huh? 
because we were still living in sin, the outcome was the same. We weren't going anywhere, even though we were in Denver. We weren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. But what happened? And I thank God for this because I wasn't looking for him. There was a day Jesus came into my life. He intervened in my life, and guess what? Because of his intervention, his coming into my life, guess what? He, amen, changed my life, and my life turned a direction. Thank you, Jesus. So, that's why I say, when you're lost spiritually, you're going to be lost morally. That's right. And then you're going to be lost geographically. All our wanderings, all our goings. It's amazing. That's why he said that. It's not a man. It's not. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It's not a man that walketh to direct his steps. Go with me to the book of uh, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. There's some interesting things here. Chapter 10. Talk about knowing what it is to be lost. And in chapter 10, there's a passage of scripture here. Uh, when we read it, <clears throat> when we read it, we don't really understand what it says. You know, we might take a look at it and at, at, at a glance as we read it, and we don't really know what Jesus is saying. But look what he says in in in. Matthew 10, verse number 39, look what he says. He that findeth his life shall lose it. <laughs> he that findeth, now let's pay close attention to the words. He that findeth his life mm -hmm. shall lose it. And then he says, and he that loseth his life for my sake, shall find it. Yes. So pay attention to this. Because I, I want you to understand something here. Because we, when we talk about, let me tell you something. There's more to Christianity than meets the eye. Come on now. Huh? It's not just a profession. It's not just something you say. I'm a Christian. Huh? If you want to go that direction, uh, there's probably a lot of questions I'm going to ask you. If you say you're a Christian, it's more than just a confession. Amen. It shouldn't be just what you say. It should be what you do and how you live. Amen. There's more to God than we really know. And there's so much knowledge and so much wisdom in God. We haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. Hallelujah. And if you really have a heart, if you really have a desire to know, to understand, let me tell you something. God will blow your mind. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Amen. You know, I, I wasn't a I wasn't a reader in no sense before I came to the Lord. You know, you know, there's certain things I would look at. I guess I was the kind of person that uh, pictures were the things that I always looked at. <laughs> that was the level of my intellect. <laughs> Looking at pictures, go, wow. 
never was a reader, especially of the Bible. But after I got the Holy Ghost, guess what? The Lord did something to me. Amen. Amen. He, he, he pricked my, my interest and my desire because I thought to myself, man, all I did was I obeyed the gospel. I obeyed his instructions. I, I repented. I got baptized. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. This amazing experience. And all because it was right there in his word. Yeah. Right. And, and if I did that and I experienced this, how much more is contained in there? Right. So you know what? I, I came to an understanding that, hey, if that's God, if it's, if, if, and this is real, what I'm experiencing, there's a lot more to him than I can understand. Yeah. So you know what that made me do? It made me get into the word. Amen. It made me study. Are you listening to me? Made me seek him out. Why? Because I knew there was something more. So I became an avid reader of the Bible. Ooh, and I still am to this day. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, so obviously I came to this understanding. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. What does he mean by that? You come across it and say, man, what's he talking about? He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Well, let me help you a little bit, okay? I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. And this is what the Amplified says. Listen to this. Whoever finds his lower life. will lose it, the higher life. Whoever finds the lower life will lose it, the higher life. Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'll help you understand that here in a, in a few minutes here. And whoever loses his life, the lower life, on my account will find the higher life. Mm. So you think about that. What does that mean? When we live, when we live according to, and here's, here's, the, here's the sad thing. Here's just that sad thing. We all think this. According to our will. Yeah, come on, I know. Boy, are we stupid. I had to laugh at this. I had to laugh. That's all right. I got to... Denver and uh, we befriended our, our neighbors were all Mexican neighbors they, they actually they actually uh, uh, what's that word they, they uh, adopted initiated us into the community the Spanish community the Mexican <laughs> community they did it very strange you know what they did they slashed all four of our tires <laughs> came out one morning I was going to go to work and all of a sudden I was sitting in my car I said what the heck is wrong with something wrong with my car and I never realized I got all my tires are flat I was sitting flat a lot lower than I usually normally was so I was actually sitting in a low rider <laughs> and I got out all four of my tires were slashed I said what in the world so I had to go back and call my boss and let him know what's going on. He said, well, we'll send somebody after you. They came after me. Eventually got my tires fixed. And here, when I befriended one of our neighbors, he said, you know what? Don't get mad. He said, that was your initiation into the community. 
I said, wow, that's some kind of initiation. He said, but let me tell you something. He said, we will take care of you. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? They did. Huh? They did. They took care of us. So, so that, was, that was our, uh, you know, coming into that place in, in our life where, you know, we, we, we were just, I, I guess, coming into this time of change and things happening. And uh, praise God, that was, that was kind of strange. That was something that was, wow, kind of blew me away. But the Lord began to intervene in our life in this point. At this point, I never realized it. Things were going to happen. Things were going to take place in my life. And so, you know, we, we, we obviously came to the point where we, God led us to some people that uh, witnessed to us. My wife first and then myself and then we came into the church. But here's the thing. All during this time, all, all during this time, everything that I was doing, everything that we were pursuing, guess what? We were lost. We had plans, but we were lost. And the Lord came into our lives and we weren't even looking for him. But he came into our lives and he, he changed our lives. And as a result of him changing our lives, guess what? We found our higher life. Amen. We found it. Whosoever finds his lower life will lose it, the higher life. And whosoever loses his lower life, on my account, will find it, the higher life. So all this time, you know, and, 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 and oh, I was going to, oh, now I know I was going to share with you. I have this in my mind, you know, anybody ever heard that song uh, by the, what were they called? That group back in the 70s? Macho, macho man. The village people. Yeah. Those of you that, are, that, that don't know that, that haven't lived that, you don't know what I'm talking about. That song, the village people, macho, macho man. I already thought that was the song one time when I was really getting down to it. One of my, one of my friends, in that, you know, Mexican friend, he said, what the heck do you think you're saying? I said, macho, macho man. He said, do you know what that really means? I said, no. And, and, and he said, do you know what that means? I said, no. He said, I'll tell you what it means. I said, what? He said, that means you're a jackass. Wow. And I thought, boy, do we sure think things are a certain thing when they're really not. <laughs> when we're in that state of mind, when we're lost, guess what? We do not really understand a lot of things, do we? We just do it just because we think it's cool. Uh, because we're, we're trying to be just like everybody else. But guess what? We're lost. And the reason why I, you know, I thought about that, being a macho man, because I thought maybe this is, this is my own thinking. I thought, well, I'm a man of my own will. Nobody tells me what to do. Huh? <laughs> Because I make up my own mind. I do what I want to do. How many of you have been there? How many of you are still there? Huh? Sometimes our, our, our human will gets in the way of God. And, and we want to usurp authority over God. 
And when we do that, what's going to happen? If we find our lower life, we're going to lose the higher life. You ever wonder why we're still lost? Why? Because we're still in a, we found our lower life. All right? We're living according to the dictates of this right here. Your body, your mind. Even your soul. We're not thinking spiritually. We're not spiritually minded. We're not thinking of God. So that's what happens to us. Now, Now, here's, here's the truth about being in this state of, of, of mind. Turn with me to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. This is interesting. I never realized this. And, and this is interesting because what, what it says here in Ephesians chapter 2, and, and you read there in verse number 1, we'll start with, we'll be reading verses number 1 and 2. And, and it says there, and you hath he quickened, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, and you hath he quickened, he's made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Okay? When we were living in sin, we weren't living for God. That's what he means, dead in trespasses and sins. Where in time past he walked, now look what he says. Where in time past he walked according to the course of this world. Did everybody see that? And, and remember, remember what I said about what the interpretation was as far as way in, in Jeremiah 10. A road trodden, a course of life. So he says, where in time past he walked according to... To the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So we thought all this time. Here's the truth. We thought all this time we were doing our own thing. No, somebody was giving us direction. We were listening to somebody. Somebody was telling us where to go and what to do. Huh? Who do you think that somebody was? Satan. The adversary of your soul. Directing you. huh? Manipulating you. Hallelujah. Sometimes even dictating to you what you need to do. And you know what? We just listened. And we thought, hey, I'm doing my own thing. He made you feel like you was doing your own thing. But you weren't. You were actually doing his will. We were lost in that lower life. We were lost in that lower life. So thank God that we have the opportunity. That's why I say the word of God is good. The word of God is powerful. Amen. The word of God will give us understanding. It will, it will, it will shine light into our life. Amen. So that we can see. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Another passage of scripture in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses number 3 and 4. I'll let you get there. Verses 3 and 4, and look what it says. Uh, 
But if our gospel be hid, look what it says. It is hid to them that are lost. Woo-hoo. My. Mm. Mm. If we can't see the gospel, wow. it's, it's, it's hit from us is because we're lost. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that which believe. Now, I want you to pay attention to what he says. Of whom the God of this world, small g, meaning Satan, Uh, let me put everything into perspective. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, I believe, when Jesus was fasting, he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and during his fast, when he was come to the end of his fast, guess what? Satan came along to tempt him. And one of the things that Satan told Jesus was this. He said, if you bow down and worship me, he said, I will give you one of the kingdoms of this world. That's what he said, didn't he? I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. Now, let me tell you something. He was actually being truthful. Does anybody ever wonder why? Why would Satan be telling Jesus that if he bowed down to him, he would give him one of the kingdoms of this world? This is his world. The Bible says that, you know, there was war in heaven. And guess what? Satan and his cohorts were evicted from heaven. So where did they come? They had to have a place to come to. They came down to this world. And we see that on the onset of creation when he came into the garden. And here it was. He deceived Adam and Eve. And so as a result, sin came into So because of their disobedience... Because of their treason. Let me tell you something. You know what the Bible says? That God gave man dominion over all life. Huh? He did. Adam was actually a, a uh, he, he, he was uh, a person. He was a monarch because God gave him dominion over all life. Over all animal life. Over all human life. Over all plant life. Huh? If I want to say it in that sense. That's what he gave him dominion over all life. So he had control of it. He had power over it. He had power over his environment. Where he lived. What he did. He had power over it. But guess what? Satan came and Satan lied. So guess what happened? They, they gave up their power. They gave up their power to Satan. So they did not have any power anymore. And that's why Jesus called him a thief in John 10, 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundance. So you know what he did? He stripped us of our power, of our right. And so as a result of that, guess what? He became, let me put it in this way, he became the God of this world. If, if you don't believe that, well, uh, keep your fingers right there. We're going to go back to this. we got enough time, I guess. We can, we can walk through the Bible a little bit. Amen. Uh, go with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. 
<coughs> and go to go to uh, 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 verse number uh, uh, fifteen there in the book of Psalms, one hundred and fifteen. Did I say the chapter? Book, book of Psalms 115, verse number 15 and 16. Look what it says. It says here in Psalms 115, verses 15 and 16, it says, Ye are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. So God made heaven and earth. That's a fact. That's truth. Look what he says. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Remember, remember Paul was talking about in Ephesians, the prince of the power of the air. Did you realize there's three heavens? Huh? There's three heavens. There's heaven where the throne of God is. That's the third heaven. The second heaven is out there. What we see out here in, 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 our, in our atmosphere, in the, in, in the universe. Where all that, that's the second heaven. The, third, the, the first heaven is, is down here on earth. So I want you to understand that. Okay? So he says this. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Alright? So those two heavens, basically God has command of the, where his throne is and then out there in the stratosphere that atmosphere out there okay then he says this but the earth hath he given to the children of men mm -hmm. so in other words he did that he gave adam dominion over the earth but guess what happened because of their disobedience they were stripped so satan basically took it by force and that's why the bible calls him the God of this world. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So I just kind of wanted to help you understand that a little bit because it'll help you to understand where when he said that in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not in, in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. So when the light, when the word comes, when light comes, woo-hoo, my, my. Amen. My. My mind just went back to a time when the Lord revealed something to me and, and here's the thing, whenever you get a revelation and you think it's God, the only way you're going to know it's God is if he uses a scripture to back up what he's revealed to you. Amen. Huh? That's a witness. And he will, all the times the Lord's ever spoken to me, he's never gone away from that. He's never deviated from that, from the process that he uses to reveal. And he'll reveal his word to you. So you'll see it and you'll understand it. And you go, wow, he'll blow your mind. Amen. And you think about that. When the light shines into darkness. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So anyway, getting to back getting back to the reason why we're here. Okay? So if we find our lower life, but what does you think by what does you think by lower life? Let me ask you that question. If we find our lower life, we're gonna lose the higher life. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, that's all we're living for. Yep. Yeah. We're going to lose this. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if we find this life down here, we're going to lose the higher life. But he said, if we find 
the higher life, whosoever loses his lower life on my account will find the higher life. So if we lose this life, let me tell you something about this life down here. All of us know about our past life, don't we? Was it good? No. First of all, we were lost. We were without God. So, you know, um, I, I think about this, and, and I'm glad that for, for this reason, uh, you go you go to uh, uh, Matthew 18, verse number 1, or, or 11, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, 11, I don't think it's 11. Uh, let me make sure. Matthew 18, look what it says. Well, if I get in the right book, maybe that'll help. Yeah, verse number 11. Matthew 18, verse number 11, it says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. <laughs> He's come to save that which is lost. We were lost, weren't we? We were lost in our sin. We were walking down that way of life that we thought, oh man. But here comes, let, let me put some emphasis on this. Some of you aren't here by mistake. It's not a coincidence you just walked into the Livingstone Apostolic Church. Come on. And you just started to hang yes. around. It's not a coincidence. Somebody's trying to get you to take a really good look at what's going on around you. Amen. Somebody wants you to evaluate your life, reevaluate your life, and say, hey, are there some changes I need to make? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let, me, let me share something. I feel, I feel impressed to say this, okay? When we talk about change, when we talk about um, God doing the work in our lives, and of course we could all attest to that, those of us that are born again, that our lives definitely have changed drastically, haven't they? Yes. We're new creatures in Christ. We're not the same old person. Help us not to be the same old Amen. person. And so I, I, I use that analogy, I use that that comparison of, does anybody know what metamorphosis is? Change. I know probably uh, Sierra understands all that since she's going into education. Metamorphosis. It's a change. It's a change. It's a physical change. And, and a good example is what happens when a caterpillar crawls up on a little piece of twig and, mm -hmm. and then he, 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 what he does is he wolves or he, he, he there's a little cocoon that he, he wolves around him and, and then he, he buries himself inside that cocoon and he's there, suspended until so many days later that cocoon breaks open and guess what comes out? A butterfly. Yeah. That's metamorphosis. That's a change. 
Now remember what happened in the process of that change. He was a caterpillar. Huh? And his domain was basically a caterpillar. The only place you can find caterpillars is on the ground. Huh? Is that true? You can look, in, you can look amongst the, the foliage, you know, the, the grass and, and, and the bushes and all that kind of stuff, the leaves. And if you look, you might see a caterpillar just kind of making his way really slow. And, but you know what he does? In order to his life to, to, to follow that process of metamorphosis, he's got to find a branch. He's got to go up there and he's got to, he's got to make that cocoon. He's got to construct that cocoon. And then he hides himself in that cocoon. And then when he serves whatever process of uh, 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 days it takes, and that cocoon opens up and there he goes. He's a butterfly. He's got wings. Yes. Beautiful wings. Amen. He don't look the same. Little chubby body. Huh? Little round, plump body. Doesn't look like that no more. Now he has a nice body. He's got some really nice wings. Nice colorful wings. And you know what he does? When that cocoon opens, you know what he does? He takes flight. He takes flight, but guess what? He doesn't go right back down to the environment he was. He flies around in the atmosphere. Amen. So his life has changed. That's metamorphosis. Amen. And I believe that's what Jesus was talking about. If you find your lower life, you're going to lose the higher life. But if you find the, uh, if you lose the lower life, you're going to you're going to find the higher life. So in other words, that's that's like us spiritual metamorphosis. We're like that caterpillar. We, you know what? The Lord covers our sin. The old nature is buried. Huh? And then when he breaks, amen, that old nature and opens up, guess what? There's a new creature. There we are. We don't, we don't walk around down here no more. We don't crawl around down here no more. Guess what we do? We take flight. We fly around up here. This is where our new life is. That, does that make sense? Amen. That makes sense, yes. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? That is really, truly amazing to me. For the Son of Man is come to save that which is lost. Hallelujah. That is something that uh, God in his wisdom, my. Look at all these different cultures. Look at all the different ethnicities that are coming. Amen. People think that for every country, for every uh, race, for every nation, the thing about it is, all the gods they worship are not real gods. They're false gods. And there's only one God, Amen. one true God, Amen. the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth. There's only one God. He's, there's only one God that created all of us. Yes. And so we're created in his image. Amen. But you know what God did? When, when man just seemed to be going the opposite direction, when they just seemed to, you know, want to do what they wanted to do, he just said, you know what? I'm just going to let them do what they want to do. 
and I'm going to let them go their own way. And so as a result of that, guess what? That's where they settled. Wherever they migrated to in the world, whatever lo location geographically they settled, he said that was going to be the, their bounds and their habitation. Huh? But here's the thing. They left the knowledge of God behind them. They left the knowledge of God. They couldn't really, you know, as generations passed, and here they were, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the question popped up. What about God? Is there a God? But yet man, in his heart, said, I know there's a God. There has to be a God. You know, here's the thing. Back then, there were no scientists. Huh? No know-it-alls. The only thing they knew is, hey, we're here. We, we were created. We exist because of somebody or something. Huh? Charles Darwin wasn't even born then. Huh? So they knew they had some kind of connection. But you know what? They were lost. They were lost in their sin. But yet they knew deep down inside, hey, there's got to be a God. That's what, that's, I believe that's what compels us to, to want to search and seek. We want to try whatever we can try to find the truth. Huh? That's what we do. I know I've done it before. I look for the answer in drugs. I looked for it in alcohol. Guess what? I didn't find it. That's right. But I knew there was a God. I was, I, I was very near to the truth. I, I, I was raised in a, in, in a uh, non-denominational church. I was, I was near to the truth. But even yet, what they, what they believed and what they taught was shrouded by man's doctrine and man's belief. Yes. So I couldn't really see God in his totality or in his entirety. My vision was obscured. See, that's the way it is with all of us. So that's why man goes and says, okay, this is, you know what? We need to worship God. That's why a lot of them are, uh, I'm amazed every morning, Sunday morning, get up and you, there's a lot of people that uh, are outside doing what they want to do, walking their dogs, taking a walk, uh, going out and just doing, enjoying the cool morning breeze and just that liberty, just to just went out there and just have a good a good morning walk, mm -hmm. just to just to uh, satiate themselves in pleasure, yeah. and they think, oh, this is the life. But I, I really think when they walk around, they look at trees. Huh? Mm -hmm. They look at animal life and they say, hmm. And God's trying to say, hey. Come on now. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. Yep. Where did they come from? That's right. Who made this? Yeah. They look up and they look at that beautiful sunrise this morning. They go, ooh. It's pretty neat because I looked across my house this morning into that field. Off of the ground, there was a, there was a fog, fog 
off of the ground about two feet, and it went up for about maybe three feet, and was foggy, just like a layer. It was pretty neat to see that. I was thinking, wow, who could only do that but God? Yeah. Amen. Huh? That's a remarkable feat. No human being can't do that. Huh? Our scientist says, oh, that's nature. Huh? But it's God. Hallelujah. And I believe this. That because of our, the way we were, some of us the way we were, and maybe some of you the way you are right now, because of your state where you are in life, your station in life right now, we obviously are searching. We're looking. Because we want to find, we want to find Him. We want to find God. And you know what? It's going to happen to us. If we, keep, if we look in the right places, we're going to find him. But here's the thing. The Apostle Paul was saying this when he was reaching out to a bunch of intellectuals at the University of Athens. He was speaking to a lot of those professors at AU. Huh? You're probably wondering where I'm getting that from. That's in the book of Acts, chapter 17. And, and he's talking about it. And, and, and he's bringing a, he's introducing a statement of truth, a statement of fact. And he says, uh, he says this to them. He said, God that made the world, in, in verse number 24 in Acts 17, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and of earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of all the earth. I have a question for you. I know we have, uh, I'm Lakota, and Brother Boobs, Brother Boobs is from the uh, affiliated tribes. I can't remember what. Three affiliated. Rikara, Mandan, and Hadatsa. Okay, Rikara, Mandan. Hadatsa. And Hadatsa. And then some of you that are what? Church. Welch. Welch. Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Wow. Dutch. Dutch. Omaha, Winnebago. French. Some of us got a little bit of France <laughs> in our blood. Huh? Mm -hmm. Some of us are of uh, African heritage. Huh? Mm -hmm. So we've come from all over the world. We're different, aren't we? Mm -hmm. But yet, here's one thing. One God made us. That's right. That's what he said. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of yeah. all the earth. One blood. Yeah. Amen. Of all, all the face of the earth, so one of one blood. Let me yes. tell you something. Even though we're different in color, yes. huh? yes. size and shape, hair color, eye color, if we cut each other, guess what's going to happen? We're all going to yes. bleed the same color blood. That's right. Amen. Uh, praise God. Wow. 
That's amazing, isn't it? Amen. I contend. I, I remember talking to somebody about this one time. So I said, okay, if you believe this and if you believe that there's a God for every person, oh, yes, yes, yes. They'll say, okay, one God, your God created, oh, yes, 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 yes. I said, okay, if we cut one another, I said, what color blood are we going to bleed? Because if your God created you, he obviously used a different way to create you. So if he cuts you, you might have green blood. I never thought about that. Yeah. But you know what? The amazing thing, if we cut one another, guess what's going to happen? Our blood is going to be red. That's right. Amen. Why is that? Well, one God made us. He had made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. And look what he says. And hath determined the times before appointed. Listen to this. And the bounds of their habitation. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. Okay. For in him we live Move and have our being as certain also of our of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we are not to think that the God is like unto gold and silver and stone, graven by art and man's device. Now look what he says. At the times of this ignorance, God winked at it. So in other words, there was a time he just let us carry on, be ignorant. Huh? At the times of this ignorance, God winked at. Does anybody know why God winked? I got a plan for you. Bible says about the one that keeps Israel he never slumbers nor sleeps. So in other words, guess what that means? His eyes are always open. Yeah. He's open. To, you know what the Bible says? Eyes are open to everything that we all do. As the scripture says. His eyes are always open. Beholding mankind. So God winked. God winked. Kind of crazy. I have a little, you know, with my granddaughter Naya, and I'll do that with Gabe and several others. They'll be looking at me, and I'll go like that. So they do the same thing with it. <laughs> Try to return that wink. That's our communication. Huh? Do that little wink. But God winked. God winked. Why did God wink? Of the times of this ignorance, God winked at. What do you do when your eyes get tired? Do you close them? You get tired, you just kind of broken sometimes. 
I wonder if God, I wonder if the Lord got tired of looking at ignorance. I think so. He did. So he just said. Yep. Time. It's time. And that's what he said. But now command is all men everywhere to repent. To turn your lives around to quit going that direction because repentance means turn around and go back down that way. Hallelujah. I used to try to figure out how the way I could get under the skin of people that were backslidden and I always try, you know, the Bible says that the servant of the Lord must be gentle and apt to teach and that we're to uh, you know, humble ourselves in, in a way that, in, in meekness, instructing those who oppose themselves and who are taken captive by the devil at their own will. So I, you know, I was try, you know, I always try to be okay. I gotta be nice. I have to be nice. So I was, my mind's always going. I try to. And, I, you know, I'm getting older now, so my wit is not as quick as it used to be. But, but if anybody ever said something, man, my wit was there. And I would, boom, I would say something. They go, like, wow, you know, he's quick. I was a quick draw with my wit. So I, I thought about that, and I thought to myself, well, I know they're not in the right place with God. And they're headed to direct, in that direction. And all of a sudden, the thought came to me one time. I know what I can say to them. And I'll be nice about it. <laughs> so I said, Praise the Lord! How you doing? Oh, I'm doing really good. Well, that's, all, that's okay. I, I, I just need to tell you something. Okay? Well, I know you're not coming to church. I'm praying for you. Well, thank you very much. I just want to tell you, the further you run from God, the closer you get to Him. That's right. That's right. Huh? Yep. And then they go like, trying to figure that one out. <laughs> the further you run from God, the closer you get. Why? Because He's everywhere. Amen. And you think you're getting away from Him when He's going to be over there. And, and, and in essence, you know, I was saying this, God is going to catch up to you someday. Yep. How many of you are glad God caught up to you? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Apostle Peter, I'm almost done. The Apostle Peter said, For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The shepherd and bishop of your souls. Shepherd. Somebody that wants to protect you. Somebody that wants to keep you in a place that is safe. A place that is, amen, a good place. Amen. So he said, a shepherd and bishop of your souls. Uh, 
when we talk about him being a bishop of our souls, that word just basically means overseer, someone that superintends. He oversees and superintends. So that's what he does for us. He oversees and he superintends. That's what, that's what we have. Last but not least, Proverbs chapter 3 in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Verse number five, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now look what he says. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. In every direction you're going in your life, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You know what, that's what we need today. We need to come to that point of finding our life, finding our way. Turning to him. Humbling ourselves. <clears throat> We're going to find out God is good. And he'll always be good to us. He'll always make a way. Thank you very much. Uh, prayer this evening at 6 o'clock. Service starts at 6.30. Good to see everybody this morning. Greet one another in Jesus' name. Greet our guests. Have a good and godly day.